In this episode of The Far Away Nearby, the Duchess has given me a day off, so I'll be traveling to see some family, and I'm accompanied by a family friend who you've met recently, the Earl. Hello, Earl. How are you? Uh, Hi, DJ. It's me, the Earl. (laughs) Hey, you sound a little different. Oh, do I? Oh, well, you know, the thing is, uh, the last time I was on your little show as the Earl, I got several letters, many people writing in, many, many, it, well, I, it was actually nobody wrote in, but uh, people thought that that voice was obnoxious, and that I shouldn't do it anymore. Uh, so now I'm just the Earl, and, and uh, sh- yeah, it's me, Toppy Smelly. Hi, I'm the oh. Earl. Well, I, I thought that we had taken away your pumpkin spice for a moment there. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, uh, it's uh, you just suck that right up your nose, and then uh, <laughs> did you start talking like this? <laughs> so to get things underway, I thought I would catch a few folks up. Now I do a show on the side called Surely You Jest. And if you haven't checked that out, you can find that at SYJ, like surely you just podcast.wordpress.com. But uh, to catch you up on what's been going on lately, well, it's been a couple of weeks since uh, Halloween came our way. Hubby and I had an evening out for Halloween. We went for Chinese dinner, and then we came home, of course, way too late for there to be any trick-or-treaters left, so... We just ended up having some candy to ourselves, and um, we are settling into the days just before the holidays here, and of course, since Hubby works retail, that means that he's starting to go into work earlier and later, because a couple of times a week he has to show up to make sure that all the deliveries get unpacked from the truck and get put out on the floor. And then, of course, the days that he's not going in early, he's going in late because, well, being an important person, he's got to be the one that closes the register at night. So all fun and games there, unless you want to spend time together, which some people actually do during the holidays, I hear. (laughs) I hear. Uh, Some. Yeah, so I am just uh, traveling aboard the uh, Holiday Time Express through the land of far and near here. And we are going to go on a trip together. So joining me is uh, the Earl, who is a family friend. That's right. And uh, we are on our way to visit some folks that are near and dear. And we're going to have a good time and, you know, uh, have a bit of food, a bit of drink, enjoy the holiday season coming and look at the pretty leaves as they're out this time of year. So, um, oh, Earl, there there yeah. seems to be a, a nice young lady that's come mm. sit down with us. Oh. Um, do you know this young lady? Well, I, she looks familiar. Yeah. Hello. Hello, gentlemen. It's Hello, Dave Beth. McClare. Hello. Dave Hello. McClare. How about that? Nice to oh. meet you. Hello, uh, Miss McClare. May I call you Claire? 
Well, you can. Uh, I do have an unusual name. You may notice uh, Eclair. Uh, I'm from the Bavarian Eclairs, but you may, of course, just call me Claire. All right. Well, how wonderful. Pleased to make your acquaintance. Uh, if if you'll um, pull up a seat right here, we're, we're just about to get underway. Well, you gentlemen, sit down, sit down. You don't have to stand oh, up. Yes, <laughs> thank yes, you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, anyway. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go, Damie Claire. Oh, some of my cream got on your lap. Sorry Oopsie. about that. Oh, no, oh no. Sorry. Here, borrow my handkerchief. Oh, thank you. Oh. It's always, you can tell a man of breeding who has a hanky at the ready for a lady in need. Well, yes, my, my grandmother loved to crochet, and she uh, made sure that I had a few of these monogrammed little doodads here. As we um, make our way to visit family aboard the Holiday Time Express, yes, I thought that we'd take a moment to uh, talk about some of the things that go on during these interesting times of year. Of course, many people have to travel to see their family because their, their jobs or their love lives have led them elsewhere and this is the one time of year that you sit down and talk with that family member that's usually across country and that you have to pick up the phone to talk to maybe so uh, we're gonna discuss some pointers for conversations around the dinner table yes. excuse me could i get a whiskey sour before we start this conversation oh that's right. oh, yes they, they do provide uh, drinks here on this train i hope let me take a quick drink. So we're going to. Oh, okay. There. Now my voice is back to normal. Oh, yes. I needed to get a little drinky pie in me. <laughs> yes. Restore okay. those dulcet tones, Dave. There we go. Uh, Earl, is there something I sh- could get you? Um, no pumpkin spice on this trip. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> tell him to get me a Harvey Wallbanger. All righty. So we're going to start off by talking about. Uh, Things you should never say around the dinner table, and I'll start that off. Each of us has gathered a list of things that you would never or should never say around the table. And of course, the Earl and uh, Dame Claire are person of certain class and breeding, and of course, these are things that they would never say. But since we're traveling and we're amongst strangers. It might be a little fun to pretend we're all commoners. What do you think, folks? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's fine. I'd die for a day of living like my my servants do. They have no responsibilities. They don't know the pressures or what it means to be an heiress. So, yes, let's do it. Okay. So, the first question on my list. So, Earl, yeah. uh, how much money are you making now? Oh, <clears throat> well, uh, you know, I don't really keep track of that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, actually, when when you're around the dinner table, uh, uh, you probably, that's probably a question you probably don't want to ask uh, casually, because that's sure, uh, that's sure to cause some conflict and consternation amongst your dinner guests, so... That particular question, um, it's it's quite a faux pas. I'd and, say uh, so gauche. I have <laughs> to tell you that 
the only people that I know who talk about money are those that really don't have any. So that's a really good way to tell a person of breeding and high culture. So to speak of my money, my worth, I would not even, I couldn't. Not even in whispered. I couldn't even whisper it to you. I cannot tell you how much I make. It would make you feel that bad. I'm sorry. I'm well, sorry. and you know, when, when your face is on the money, I mean, it's a little obvious <laughs> how much you make. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I have my uh, Dame Claire currency right here. Isn't that, it's a very good likeness of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I tried. I am a beauty, natural. No work's been done here. Absolutely. No knife has touched my face. I am a natural beauty. Absolutely. It's a burden. That, that must be awkward when you have your class reunions there, having been Miss Bavaria in 1983. <laughs> you don't know what year it was. I don't think it was 1983, young man. I'm not that old. My goodness. Oh, goodness. Your facts. Your Wikipedia is incorrect. Um, oh. More like 1998. Nine, my dear. Uh, uh, yes, I, I need to have that corrected in the article. I, speaking of your age, is another faux pas that I don't think we need to talk about across the dinner table. Uh, you're quite right, uh, Dave. I do apologize. No, no problem. The next question that you should never ask at a dinner party, especially when addressing a lady, mm-hmm. when are you having a baby? And Earl, how would you address that question? Uh, well, you know, that's extremely awkward when that happens. Uh, usually that probably include a spit take and spraying up of a beverage or some, perhaps the mashed potatoes. Uh, <clears throat> no, it, uh, 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 that sort of question you should probably keep to yourself. It's just not uh, right to ask your dinner guests, uh, you know, when they're going to be having a, a baby. Well, there's so much presumption that goes with it. I mean, I am a lady, and I guess I am a lady of a certain age, but you don't know my fertility. And what if I'm a lesbian? Or what if I'm a, I'm a man, and I'm and you don't know my relationship status? It's a very loaded question. So you don't know anything about me. You don't know me, as they say on shows like Ricky Lake and Jerry Springer. You don't know me, bitch. You don't know me. You don't know me. Yeah, I'm not here it's, to make friends. It, that's right. I am not here to make friends. It's so inappropriate because you, you're just opening a can of worms that can never end well. Yes. And, uh, you know, usually if I ask that question of my niece, um, there's quite a bit of math involved because, well, let's just say she doesn't often keep a relationship for very long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ooh, it's a bit of a strumpet. <laughs> My next question on the list of things you should never say at the dinner table is this uh, meatloaf is definitely going to keep me up all night. No one wants to think about bodily functions while they're eating. I, I guess that's not the whole question. So uh, this is definitely going to keep me up all night. Oh, dear Lord. No, no. <clears throat> Uh, you, you don't want to say things, because that's insulting the cook, and as a casual comment, it might come out of your mouth, that you might thinking that it's just a casual, but no, that's very insulting, and 
thinking about bodily functions, uh, we don't want to do that when we're eating. No, and um, if you're at home with only your servants and maybe close family, you can always refuse a dish. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're in the company of other people, you always at least take a few bites and you don't ever comment about having indigestion or a stomach ache. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's you should carry around a little thing of tongues. And then if you do get a little indigestion, you secretly just take it and it looks like a mint. You cannot, no matter how egregious this food is that they placed on in front of you to eat, you simply cannot make a comment. You can't. And if you don't think you're going to like it, take a small portion and eat what you have. Mm-hmm. And there's always a pocket or, if they uh, come <clears throat> desperate. <laughs> right. And uh, Damie Claire, uh, here's what I do. I, I go like this. I'm like, I bite into something. I really don't like it. I don't even want to swallow. It's like <clears throat> you have that napkin there, that nice cloth <laughs> napkin. <laughs> and you just sort of put it up by your mouth. And you, with your tongue, you push the food out. Into that napkin, and nobody's nobody's aware of it. You've cleverly gotten rid of the food. Well, of course, heaven forbid someone, um, you know, assume that you might have blown your nose at the dinner table. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Well, I would suggest if that is going to be your method of just simply spitting the food out, have a Kleenex in your pocket, <laughs> pull that Kleenex out, Turn your head to the side and just breathe, you know, like you're dabbing at your nose. Spit the food out. Don't leave the dirty, don't leave that napkin full of food for your the maid to pick up. Yeah. Um, I, hit, <clears throat> I had a clever, I thought it was clever at the time. It turned out not to be so clever. Uh, but when I had food on my plate that I wasn't very fond of, I would sort of surreptitiously uh, hide it under the edge of the plate on the table so that uh, you couldn't see it because it was under the plate. And then uh, <clears throat> the problem was when someone cleared the dishes, uh, there'd be this ring of food. Um, mm-hmm. th- 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 that's when it didn't work. <laughs> There's always the just the mere moving around of the food. If you take a bite, you don't like it, just take your fork and clank it around and slide it and if you do enough motions you can finally just go oh i took too much i can't possibly eat another bite mm. but you, but you never tell somebody that their food is too spicy or undercooked unless it's chicken yeah. you don't want to eat undercooked chicken please no. don't do it oh no no um and then, of course, there's the the other side of the coin, and uh, a lot of people this day and age may have food allergies and don't realize it because, you know, so many people don't get tested for these things. And why should you? Because it's never bothered you before. But, um, you know, there are a few people in my life who have food allergies, and one of those is my Aunt Gwen. I've noticed that some people who have learned these things about themselves, take certain precautions, like you bring some of your own food to that party, and it doesn't matter whether or not this is something someone else would normally meet, eat. Maybe, you know, it's it's gluten 
free, but you don't have to tell them that. You just say, oh, look, I've brought blueberry muffins. Wouldn't you like to share some with me? And of course, you are bringing something that you can eat because maybe you have a special diet. So that's the perfect way not only to make people aware of your special need that you have an allergy or that you're on a diet, but it also provides a moment to share because you're bringing something that you made yourself that you know you can eat and maybe you'll help change some people's minds about what healthier living is about. It's not always about making sacrifices. You can make certain things with different ingredients like you can substitute applesauce instead of sugar and they don't always have to taste bad. You know what I do? As a as a dame, as somebody who entertains all the time, I have had my law team put together a simple disclaimer. I have everybody sign it. I have my husband happens to be a notary. He notarizes it and everybody eats at the risk of their own at their own risk at my home. So that's how I've gotten away with oh, that. Oh, very mm-hmm. clever. Mm-hmm. There's no food eaten until you write that, until you sign that disclaimer. Sorry. Well, and after that party the other year, I, I'm glad to hear that you've learned from the experience, Dame. Well, uh, no one will get that over on me again, I tell you. Gluten or not, peanuts or not, lactose or not, you will not get my fortune. I'll tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. So, Earl, I, I think that uh, you had some takes on this list. Well, I think one of the worst things <clears throat> that can come out of your mouth when you're eating uh, out at a, at a relative's house or friends is is when you're presented with the plate of food. Don't say, what is this? Don't say that. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Would you like my feelings about that? Certainly. Yes. Yes. Well, <clears throat> as a lady of high society, there are many times when I have serve food to my guests that are is out of their normal palate and I've heard these very words what in the world is this it's been very insulting to me but I keep my I grace about it because they are my guests I simply say well this is simply calamari with a lovely sauce to dip it in and they say what is calamari I say why it's fried octopus it's a time to and an opportunity to educate people on foods they might not normally have. So you may feel a little insulted when you first hear, what is this? You must not react. You must just simply explain as a good hostess. And that brings a good point, Dame. I know that from my own experience, I was a picky eater growing up. There were a lot of things that I have memories of being forced to eat when I was in a high chair. But now I'm an adult and I've changed my mind a lot about a lot of things. My husband was actually shocked, didn't mind eating the broccoli or that the asparagus is now one of my favorites. <laughs> and mm. so I, I would I would venture to guess probably the key to uh, raising somebody who is maybe a little less fussy about those sorts of things is when they're young, make sure that you're uh, introducing your children to newer things and different tastes and that's actually something that I enjoyed exploring when I became an adult and moved out on my own. My father was a very meat and potatoes kind of guy and when I made my way out into the real world I just went to every sort of different kind of restaurant I could find 
And I was just in hog heaven. Mm-hmm. Earl, Earl, I must ask you, yeah. are you a fan of asparagus? Well, actually, I am, uh, especially if it's steamed so that it's still slightly crisp. Now, that surprises me with your love of the water sports. Oh. <laughs> Dave, I, I must ask you to have your PR person speak with the Earl's PR person. I just know he loves to water ski. What's wrong with that? <laughs> oh, d- oh, Damie Claire. Well, um, uh, one last thing that's difficult uh, not to say because there's some slow eaters out there. Uh, but you have to be careful um, when you're the host uh, to, to, to maybe not prematurely ask at, at the end of a meal, can I take your dish? Because I might not be finished. I may be wanting seconds or thirds. Exactly. This isn't Chuck E. Cheese. You do have all the time in the world to eat that meal, I think. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're not, you're not turning the room around, needing more uh, yellow and red colored tables for the next trough of people to come in. Well, that is, of course, unless you're at a certain nephew's wedding reception. Um, oh, I shouldn't speak of such things. I, I just remember being rushed through the buffet because uh, the, the staff wanted to be off their shift in time. <laughs> uh, okay. It's so hard to get decent help. So, Claire, I, I know that sometimes you have to discuss these matters with your staff, but... I, I think you heard them whispering as you're preparing for the holidays. What were some of the things that they've said uh, have been said at the dinner table that shouldn't? Well, you know, I do entertain a lot. And the one thing that I cannot abide by, even though I am multi, uh, I know many languages, uh, I find it very distasteful when people at the table who perhaps speak another language and they have another person at the table that speaks that same language they start speaking to each other when everyone else around them is speaking English now uh, I feel like this is very tacky what do you two think? You know I I have an admiration of different cultures but I agree that if you're in public and especially at a dinner party setting you don't want to make things private because part of the fun of being at a dinner party is being near somebody that you may not see normally or regularly and getting their take on things. Well, it's nothing about other people's people's culture as much as it is about uh, excluding people. And you could be talking about something as mundane as the service setting or the butter. But since the other people don't speak your language, many times it is interpreted as if they're having their own private joke at your expense. So... I don't feel like that's very good etiquette. What do you think, Earl? I think that's quite right. I agree. And I do not subscribe to that. I'd be completely offended if that happened to me. I'd probably walk out. Maybe not. No, I probably wouldn't. (laughs) I mean, a simple je ne sais quoi every once in a while is fine. But, you know, full conversations uh, is, is not acceptable. I won't take it in my staff and I won't take it from my guests. Another thing that I find terribly rude is when people say absolutely nothing at all. They sit there, they eat their food, they are given uh, opportunities to join the conversation, they give uh, yes and no answers, 
they don't say anything. And uh, I find that very rude. <clears throat> well, here's the flip side of that. And I understand what you just said. But um, one one thing, uh, I, I, I've been at uh, parties where I've, I've sort of been rather silent because uh, maybe I'm just not into it or I'm shy or I don't know these people. And then someone inevitably says, Oh, Earl, you're so quiet. Are you always this quiet? I hate that. Don't ever ask anybody whether you're having a party or a dinner. That stupid question. It is rude. I agree. You should never call out your guests for their quietness. You don't know what's happening in their lives. You don't know why they're being quiet. But if you are a guest, you should make some effort to make polite conversation, even if it is just with your neighbor when saying, oh, what a delicious meal we're having. What a fine hostess. Yes. Just say a little something. Or be a good listener. Mm Because people like to talk, and if you get them talking about themselves then they'll probably go on and on, and you won't have to say another thing except, oh, yeah, mm -hmm, mm-hmm, uh-huh, and then be an active listener and say, oh, really, and stuff like that, and uh, it'll be fine. Staring off into space is not acceptable. And, you know, I would think that the measure of a good host or hostess at any party is somebody who makes their way through their, their guests, their crowd, and, you know, takes notice of somebody who might be sitting off to the side and maybe they aren't talking to anybody. And, you know, it's sort of their responsibility to make sure that person's having a good time. So go up to that person and say, are you having a good time? Are you enjoying yourself? Is, is there anything I can do to make you feel more comfortable? Can I get you a drink? And I firmly believe in putting people together with their spouse. Please hold a half. If you place card your table, which I like to do, I don't believe in separating couples because if you do have a shy person, they need to have that spouse there to keep, to give them a little comfort, make them feel more open to conversation. And maybe that other spouse is a little more outgoing than the one. So I don't believe in separating people. I don't force that really creates a very forced conversation evening and like the earl said if you're shy this can really make a guest feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well that's interesting because when you're the host there's a lot of things to consider now dj when you have a dinner party do you put like people boy girl boy girl boy girl or how do you arrange things i like to think that i would arrange them based on how they know each other. So if you've got a group of friends that you know from work or maybe they're friends of the family, as opposed to if someone was married and you would see them together, I would possibly alternate those folks because if you keep people who are in the sense of, you know, birds of a feather flock together, if you keep all the same friends in that same corner, they may not intermingle. So placing them, you know, near others would actually spark a conversation. Yes. I wholeheartedly disagree with you, but I respect your opinion. So Ah. carry on. Well, the last thing I have that I think you should never say when you're at a dinner party is I'm on a diet. 
Oh. This <laughs> may seem like a very good excuse not to eat that asparagus. You can give it to the Earl. He'll the Earl. gobble it right up. No, especially if it's still crisp. Mm-hmm. If you are on a diet, I think you should just keep it to yourself and uh, eat your portions appropriately. What do you guys think? Well, I do think that saying, uh, <laughs> I'm on a diet, if someone says, um, you know, inquires as to how you're enjoying the meal and your plate is full and it's obviously you haven't hardly touched a thing, uh, probably the worst thing to say is, I, 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 I'm on a diet. Um, you just you just flat out lie, a bald faced lie, and say it's all very good. I'm having a lovely time, and that's all you have to do is just, just everything's delicious. You pronounce it because you you want to tell that everything's so delicious. Oh, and you just fake it. <laughs> I would tend to agree. I I think that um, the only thing that I might differ on is just a footnote, really. If you are the person who's dieting at this party, you keep that in mind and you don't necessarily have to share it with anyone, but you have your own mental checklist. You say to yourself, well, I can have the meat, you know, the entree and I can have the vegetables, but I'm not going to have that slice of cheesecake that's over there. I'm going to have the the muffin instead because there's fewer calories because, you know, if you're on a diet what you're allowed to have just don't make that the theme for the day because you know unless you're at a weight watchers meeting this party is not all about you i would say if uh if you want to make a good showing to your host that you just take maybe even a dollop of many things and it looks like your plate is full but in reality you're just having a bite here and a bite there and it keeps you right on on track with your diet there you go. Excellent thinking, Claire. And, uh, of course, the key to any successful diet is not denying yourself guilty pleasures. It's to indulge, but in moderation. Yes, and you can tell the hostess, you can say, there's simply too many things to choose from. I want to taste it all. Yeah. Good point. But the so- last thing you really want to do to any guest is is point out to everyone in the room oh you've hardly touched your food what's wrong just just ignore it they're they're fine they're eating whatever they want if just leave them alone and you know that might actually bring up the things you shouldn't say because maybe they aren't touching it because it will keep them up all night and they don't want to share there you go mm-hmm. and you have to keep in mind people's cultures In other people's cultures, it's perfectly common and actually appreciated if you belch or or slurp or there's, you have to keep in mind who your people are, who your guests are, where they're coming from. Now, in my home, if I had my husband slurping soup, uh, he would get a swift kick underneath the table. But in certain Asian cultures, this is perfectly acceptable and actually encouraged. So keep in mind where your guests are from as well. That's right. By the way, do you know why people uh, from certain cultures slurp their tea or their soup? I um, I would say they want to get the aroma as well of the of the tea. It, that's exactly right, Dame Eclair. It enhances the entire experience because you're using the nose 
and your taste buds in combination and that whole slurping uh, enables you to enjoy all the aromas and tastes of, uh, of your soup or tea or whatever. And uh, hence, uh, slurping is, is a good way to enjoy certain things. My mother I, did not waste her money sending me to finishing school. That's right. As much as de- as uh, is evident, your your uh, ladiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say, uh, as you were mentioning there, to you know be aware of your guests' cultures and their backgrounds. That uh, I've heard, in addition to what the Earl was saying about slurping your your tea. That in some cultures, the Far East, slurping the soup is also a way of complimenting the cook or the chef because you're enjoying it so much. Yeah. I was at a friend's house, and he was from, you know, another another culture, uh, another place. And I was going, nom, 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 just like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they were really pleased. Since we've had a round of things that you should never say around the table, Mm -hmm. let's turn the table, so to speak, and we'll uh, have a round of things that actually might start a good conversation, especially if you find yourself uh, amongst family, but maybe... You know, your your sibling has brought a new, better half to the family gathering, or uh, maybe, you know, um, your sibling has a new friend from school, and you just like to know how to break the ice. So, the first thing might be an interesting conversation starter, and if you could have dinner with any person, living or temporarily resurrected zombie, who would it be? Oh, Jeebus. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we could reenact the Last Supper, something cool, cool like that. He was into uh, turning bread into s- flesh, and anyways, never mind. In- continue. <laughs> I would like to get my hands on one of these uh, world leaders that caused so much mayhem. It wouldn't have to be necessarily Hitler, but Hitler might be one to start with. Yeah, He gave some good dinner, but never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd have to say, to answer that question, um, somebody that I would bring back to have dinner with, I'm just fascinated by um, certain actors and actresses of different periods, and I would have to say, I would find it fascinating to bring Ruth Gordon back to have a meal with her because here's somebody who had a career before she uh, sort of hit the limelight. You know, she was a celebrated actress of theater and she did have a few serious roles, but towards the end of her career, she became known as the older lady who wasn't afraid to speak her mind. So she got paired with Clint Eastwood in a couple of movies, and she was the mean old lady on the porch with the shotgun. I just think it would be fascinating to sit down and break bread with her. Yeah, she would be an excellent dinner guest, if only to tell a series of her uh, length, lengthy uh, career in acting. Wasn't she 
mod of Harold and Maud? Yes. That's another good point, too. Yeah. I, I'd like to know, you know, the kind of preparation she had for that role. <laughs> well, I remember watching that movie many times, and it never never caught my eye that she was a Holocaust victim to like the fifth viewing. And then the movie meant so much more to me. Hmm. I'll have to watch it with that in mind now. Um, you never know. Yeah. There's a point where she has her arm out and she has the tattoo, the numbers on her arm Yeah, and it's never spoke of. It's very subtle. Mm-hmm. So it's never acknowledged. And then you go, well, this is why she lives the life the way she does. And uh, that's why she killed herself. Uh, I have to say <clears throat> that uh, uh, beyond and above uh, many movies, this this movie, Harold and Maude, has always held a special place in my heart. Uh, the story it tells, that awkward kid just was like, you know, that's so me, and blah, blah, blah. And the way Maud opens doors for him, uh, it's an unforgettable movie. Harold and Maude, folks, by God, if you haven't seen it, go see it. And Earl, who would you bring back from the dead for dinner? Well, um, um, uh, you know, I'd probably uh, want to bring uh, Jack Kirby back. Uh-huh. Uh, now, Jake Kirby, uh, artist extraordinaire, um, legendary comic book creator, and I would want to bring him back and uh, just just have him talk about his career and and just listen to him. I dig and, that. Oh, and uh, Claire, uh, who do you think would be good to bring back for dinner? Well, as you know, every day it seems our heroes are getting knocked from their thrones as we find out that they're perverts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yes, indeed. Um, Harvey Weinstein. I didn't know anything about him, but he's a powerhouse. Uh, Louis C.K. Now, I did admire his work, and apparently he, too, is a freak. Edeek. Woody Allen also was from the uh, pedestal that I held him on. So when it, I think of somebody that I don't want to talk to that I might have held in esteem, I'm afraid that I would find out something else that would throw them down off their pedestal. So this is very difficult. But I guess I would have to say John Lennon. Mm, that sounds like a good one. Yeah. Because I do know some of his uh, weaknesses in life. Uh, he got knocked off the pedestal for me a while back. But I still like him. I still like his songs. I mean, I never knew he was so screwed up. That's <laughs> basically what I'm saying. Like, the decisions he made, um, just some of his weirdness. I don't know. I, I can't think of it right now because it's been a long time since I thought about it. But he wasn't, like, the strong strong type that I thought he was. He was a freak. Mm-hmm. But I still like to talk. Yeah. So Earl, I think that uh, you mentioned you had a good icebreaker for a party. What was it that you had told me again? Oh, well, I always liked uh, the perfect thing to start out as an icebreaker, see? And all you do is, is you say to your partner next to you, Hey, what's your cat's moon sign? And that just gets things going. 
Yeah. What if they don't like cats? What if they're allergic to cats? Well, what if they had a bad history with a cat? Well, mm. see, that all leads to great stories. That's mm. the whole kind of thing you want to bring up. You want to, uh, you want to encourage people to start talking and tell their story. If they, even if it turns out they hate cats and they think astrological signs are stupid, it'll at least get them starting to talk. Which is why the ex- next question I ask them is, "Tell me about your mother," uh, which is always good uh, for starting conversations. <laughs> My mother is deceased. How dare you bring up my mother? <laughs> oh, but then I'd ask you, what was she like? So many awkward conversations could follow that. <laughs> but fascinating all, all the same. And, you know, that uh, that precludes... Why is she still on the, uh, the bill that's a higher currency in your country, Dame? <laughs> I think we know that I chose a currency that would be used by all people, whereas she chose a currency to be on only the rich people would be able to really see all the time. So although people can see her on the $100 bill, it's everybody seeing me on the $1 bill. So who is more famous? I also like to ask the people sitting next to me, I just ask them suddenly, you know, very, very suddenly, can you lick your elbow? That's always a good conversation starter. And then you notice if their elbows are on the table and whether you would want to or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dame, uh, what would be some of your conversation starters? Well, um, in this in this world of social social media, um, I like to say. Because I have to do this all the time. As a person in the spot, in the limelight, I sometimes have to do this. And I always like to ask people, who was the last person you blocked on Facebook? Mm. Is it your mother-in-law? Is it your best friend from high school? Is it your lover? Who have you blocked on Facebook? Uh, (laughs) Another Yes. Oh, I was going to say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll have you know, after the last election, I had a few family members that I didn't unfriend, but I did unfollow. So they were none the wiser. They thought we were still friends. Well, you know, I, too, have unfriended somebody and or unfollowed them. And then curi- out of curiosity, I went back to look at some of their posts. And in the interim, they had unfriended me. So I guess we were both thinking the same thing. Um, Here's another question I like to ask people. Not that I ever have to buy used furniture, but I like to say, would you risk your life for a free dresser? You know, look on Craigslist. (laughs) Lysol can work wonders, but uh, an interesting side note is that did you know that people who have a pussycat in their home should not use Lysol because it is toxic to them. Oh, I did not know that. So be careful with your Lysol, folks. I have one last item that uh, I think is a good conversation starter. It also has to do with a cat. Oh. And this is how it goes. I think it's uh, something any cat owner can relate to. I start out by saying, I've been talking 
really talking, not just idle chit-chat, but really talking to my cat lately. And it turns out she hates her name. So I have started the legal process of changing her name from Fluffy to Sarah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Well, I would like to take this moment to thank both the Earl and <laughs> the uh, Dame. Thank you. And, um, as you uh, work your way into the holidays, keep these tips for dinner parties in mind. Unified. Unique. Voices. Unified. Unique. Voices. A network of inclusion. Unifospods.net.